Hey everyone, it's Chris Morales. Yes, this is where the TrojanSports.com podcast usually begins. And it's going to begin in mere seconds. But you're getting it on Tuesday because I was under the weather after the show yesterday. That's what happens working with Chris and Adam so much. I apologize for the delay. And we want to tell you, news broke today on this Tuesday from TrojanSports.com. 2017 Rancho Cucamonga high school quarterback Thomas Graham decommitted from SC today. He was already a soft commit and will consider every school going forward. Of course, all the coverage always at TrojanSports.com. And now we begin the TrojanSports.com podcast already in progress. Championship Monday, Masters Monday, Opening Day Monday. Yeah, and thank you. Trojan Sports Monday. Let's kick it off right now. Direct from Rivals in Yahoo Sports. This, this is the TrojanSports.com podcast. For a USC with Trojan Sports Publisher, Chris P. Swanson. Move it on. You, love 30, you better cut that out, man. I swear. That better, I better not hear that on the podcast. You mean right? about the him doing that? Yeah, we broke down. The, the, okay. Beat reporter, Adam J. Maya. Here we go. Yeah. That's sports. We start March. Yeah. And yes. And yes. Your host, our very own Ron Burgundy. You say classy, San Diego. Reading whatever is on the prompter. Defense is Sua Adori Chalk by the end of the not, year, not by the way. Chalk. <laughs> I don't know. I said, I'll, I'll just read whatever it says, baby. I know. Ron. Chris Morales. It's a touchdown. It's the weekly radio show you need for everything USC. Is that your first joke? Really Follow Trojansports.com on Twitter at USC underscore rivals. The Trojansports.com podcast kicks off now. Is your host from the Yahoo Sports headquarters in Playa Vista, Chris Morales. As the man says, welcome into the TrojanSports.com podcast. Your Monday, April 4th, 2016. I am Chris Morales. Out of Maya, overjoyed. Almost feeling orgasmic, if you will, because it is opening day in Major League Baseball. I remember Adam and Chris B. Swanson, the publisher. We'll get to that in just a moment. But I remember Adam. When yeah. opening day really felt like it meant something. And now it just doesn't anymore. I don't know why. Mm. But you're still excited. You're sitting there excited yeah. about your San Francisco Gigantes. Yeah, I guess it doesn't matter to everyone anymore. Um, it matters to me. I'm actually watching a game as I record. And I can't wait to finish recording a podcast. Beautiful. Well, that's good to know. Crispy Swanson. Hello. <laughs> hello. And uh, I mentioned it's Championship Monday, the NCAA tournament tonight in Houston. I was in Houston over the weekend and last week for Final Four. Not great games on Saturday. Hopefully tonight, North Carolina Villanova will give us a little bit something better. Uh, As a Duke fan, I am uh, pulling for Villanova to pull out some heroics, but I don't know. North Carolina looks pretty good. And yes, Blair Agubo, the Dirty Bruin, our former friend, and I were texting this morning because Masters on the Green was up on CBS Sports Network, literally just watching guys practice arriving to Augusta National for the Masters this weekend. Very busy, and also busy in Trojansports.com land. And, of course, thank you for joining us. You can subscribe on iTunes, Trojansports.com. If you're searching us out, we're on Podcast Arena. Audio boom, if you're not a subscriber to Trojan Sports, then what are you doing, homeboy? you got to be part of this fun. And we do it every day, the best coverage you need, and we do the show every week. Adam, Chris, apparently you wrote in my notes for the show today that somebody has declared for the draft. Yeah, Julian Jacobs. You know who that is, right? I think he's like a, a linebacker, right? Yeah, or, or a point guard. 
Oh, the the basketball draft, the the Trojans basketball team. Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. Well, see, at least I'm openly admitting I don't know who that is. He's your best player. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. yeah. yeah. And so he declared he's not signing with an agent. I think that will mean he'll ultimately come back. That's my guess right now. It'd be a big deal if he left. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know if he is coming back because I know he didn't sign with the agent. I know that he's trying to see, you know, where he kind of fits in in the draft. And, and I personally don't think he's going to go very high. I think he's a good college player, a good veteran guard, but I don't really see him being an NBA guard. Um, so I don't see him getting drafted high. And uh, therefore, I don't really see it making sense for him to go. And that's probably why he doesn't have an agent. But at the same time, so, sometimes these guys are just ready to go pro. Is ready. Maybe he thinks his stock is at the highest point, you know, it will be, and he's just ready to leave. Um, I think if he did leave, I think it's kind of up in the air on what type of impact it would make for the team. You know, it's a big deal because obviously, as you said, Adam, he's their best player. But USC this year, I, I looked at their team, and, and you know, the there wasn't a top level guy. There was just there's a lot of guys that are around the same level. So I think that maybe he's replaceable. You know, maybe a lot of these guys that are transferring out, I know that is kind of a mass exodus, are, are replaceable. Um, it's always good when you have a strong season to kind of uh, they lock down Andy Enfield to an extension. I think that was smart. <laughs> uh, they lost four players. Yeah, I mean, they lost four players, but I mean, honestly, I don't think any of them were game changers for USC. I think USC was just. You don't a think team Jacobs that- is a game changer at all? I think he's a really good guard. I think yeah. he's their best player, but I don't think that there's a large gap between him and their second best player, their third best player. I think he's a good veteran guard. I think someone else on the team can be developed into that. I think that maybe, you know, Shaquan Aaron scared some of these guys away. Maybe he's a monster because he can practice with the team. So. I don't know. There's some factors to consider here. I'm not ready to say that if he left, it would be a death blow to them or that all these transfers are going to you know, really hurt this team next year because they didn't lose anybody that was really, really big time. Julian Jacobs is a, is a nice veteran guard. He was their best player, but he can be replaced. I guess it depends on what perspective you're looking at it from because they're a 20-win team now. They made the tournament. They got beat in the first round. I don't think they're doing all that without Julian. Now, were they going to win the conference next year and make a run in the tournament? I think there was that hope, and they also need Julian to do that as well. They definitely aren't doing that without Julian. But in losing him, they don't become like a 10-win team. I'm not saying that you're right in that no one player had that kind of impact on the entire roster. But... For the momentum that they were building, I think it's a big deal if he's not there because uh, they're going to take a step backwards next year. And they have hopes of of taking a a real step forward. They were supposed to bring their entire core nucleus back. Uh, Unexpectedly, Caton Reinhardt is deciding to transfer. Now, he was someone I thought we were going to be talking about before Julian made his decision. And, And maybe he was a not a huge deal if he were to go. I think he was replaceable. I think Shaquan Aaron was probably going to take his minutes. I think Elijah Stewart, and with him developing, would probably take more minutes. King Reinhardt, you'll remember, he took the second most shots on the team last year. 
And so I don't even know what he was really thinking because he'll play elsewhere and and what? I mean, he'll be the, the main shooter. He, he's not an NBA player. I don't know why he would leave. I think that they were building something nice here and he was a part of it. Maybe he would have been the, instead of the, the sixth guy, maybe the eighth guy. But uh, Julian Jacobs, him leaving, I think he made everybody better. I think it has an impact uh, uh, that will be unknown right now, but I think they're going to learn the hard way just how much uh, he helped everyone and how he put their offense together. I think USC had a good thing with him and Jordan running as co-point guards. I don't. I think this puts a lot of pressure on Jordan McLaughlin, and uh, and I think I think he needs that relief. I think that that Julian allowed Jordan to to not play with such a spotlight and so much attention, and I think that's why we saw him emerge, especially down the stretch. I think it'll definitely be an impact. I just don't think they'll necessarily take a step backwards record-wise. I don't think they're going to take a step forward. I think that people are expecting them to compete for the conference next year and say that I don't. Um, I just think that if you look at their year this year, I think that they could duplicate it with the parts that they still have on the roster and the parts coming in. You know, 20, uh, 20 something win season and a you know a first round exit in the NCAA tournament. I think they can do that again. I think that USC is out of that hole. You know, that bottom dwelling cellar of a team that they were before. They're not that anymore. You know, that should be the goal right now to maintain consistent basketball and then hope that you get the guys you know recruit on the recruiting trail to take well, that's that not their goal their goal isn't to win 20 again and get beaten they, in the first round but, but adam, adam they weren't they weren't going to win the pac 12 next year even if Julian, even if no one transferred they weren't really going to win the pac 12 they don't get they at least in the tw- you know the upcoming classes the class that's going to affect next season they didn't get a guy that's going to give them one of the best players in the conference Arizona's going to get too many good players they're not they're not going to be you know the Pac-12 championship caliber team yet they need to maintain in my opinion maintain as a 20 something win team for a few seasons and then recruit 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 and hope you score because if they don't get those guys they're not going to be a, a Pac-12 championship caliber team. Mm-hmm. I, I guess they don't see it that way at all. And, and that's not Probably why they not. gave Enfield an extension. No, By the way, I, uh, do, you, do you think they gave it to him a little early? He, he was signed till 2019. They finished, you know, pretty roughly. So I, I, don't, I don't know why they gave him that extension, um, I think they they bit because there was uh, rumors of him potentially being a candidate for Pittsburgh. I, I know you knew he was a candidate the year before for, uh, where was it? Iowa State. Iowa State. And so I never, I never believed it. No one leaves USC. You, you either get forced out or you graduate to the next level. You know, Pete Carroll's pretty much the only major coach in the last 15 years that has left on his own volition. Yeah, I, I get it, but I still think it was smart to give Andy Enfield the extension, honestly. I know that... You, you know, love Andy. 
I I think that in terms of what's happened, you when I talk about the football team and I kind of you know rag on USC for promoting from within and how they haven't accomplished you know what they should have and all that kind of stuff. You always hear me talk about it. It's not the expectations for the football team are not the same for the basketball team. USC basketball, although I believe should be you know probably one of the better basketball programs in the country every year. I think that's how USC fans feel as well. It's not. It's not that. It's definitely not that yet. They haven't done anything in their basketball history pretty much at all. Um, Andy Enfield took over a team that was in the toilet, that was at the bottom of the Pac-12, and he brought them back up to, you know, a Pac-12 contender and an NCAA tournament team. That's not easy. They had to recruit for years. You know, they, they didn't inherit talent like like the football team just always has talent. That's not the case with the basketball team. I think the extension was smart. I think in this case, promoting from within, too, would be smart for them. I mean, honestly, I think that, you know, you keep the coach at the top, Andy Enfield. You hold on to him. You make sure that you take care of Jason Hart, Tony Bland. They lost Kevin Norris. I would say bump Marm Bahar up to that coaching spot. He's already on staff. He has a good history at Princeton, Georgetown, places like that. And you just hold firm. The basketball team is not the football team. They're not going to attract, you know, big-time coaches most of the time. I think Tim Floyd was a home run for them. I think Andy Enfield has already proved to be a home run for them. If they're a consistent 20-win-a-season basketball team, that's something that USC's never been. I know that maybe USC fans think that shouldn't be the expectation, but it probably should be, at least for now. You have to maintain that consistent ability to win, and then you can take that jump to the next level. All right. Well, before we move on, give me your your best guess with Julian. Do you think he'll go? I think he's going to go. Uh, okay. I, I just feel like he's ready. Um, you know, he knows – he's got to know that he's not going to be a first-round guy already maybe maybe he just wants to test it i don't know but i already i just feel like if you're looking that serious into it he might feel like his stock is maxed out he's going to get his highest value now and if it's any value it seems like it's worth a lot of money he's going to jump at it some guys are just ready to go okay i think that he's very smart and if he's not going to be a first round pick then i think he'll come back i love when we disagree I love it. it. I love it even more than it you means. Love it. it means we're going to be right no matter what at Trojansports.com. So <laughs> that's the best part. I tell you, I think he could do well as a linebacker in the NFL draft. I just wanted to point that out again. <laughs> I apologize for not knowing it. If anybody's listening who's like, "Oh my gosh," from the Jacobs family, or just you're a USC basketball fan, I apologize. That's the USC golf Chris team. Do. They're great. Are they? Yeah, they're like national title contenders. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Well, there you go. Yeah, dude, it's, it's it's the same thing as football. It's California, Texas, Florida, man. It's where the sun is. You can play golf year round. You that's where the best go, you know golfers are. Biggest populations. Same thing. That's nice. That's nice. Yeah. Follow golf recruiting, man. We should. We should get. <laughs> I was thinking about that today because you know Ricky Fowler went to Oklahoma State and was a. Uh, was a national champion and, and was well-known in the college golf world before he got into the PGA and, and did all that. But I was wondering if there's ever any golf recruiting that goes on, like any coverage of it. No, not really coverage. I mean, I think that outside of football, 
you know, there's not a big enough market really for right. all this kind of stuff. I mean, even basketball recruiting coverage, there's not a huge market for it, and that's probably you know the the next biggest college sport. Absolutely so, right. But we try to do a little baseball recruiting too uh, every once in a while, and you know, if a if a golfer wants to talk to me on the phone, I got nothing to do. I'll talk to a golfer. Well, you uh, you and I were still supposed to go out there and uh, smack Whitey around or spank Whitey, as they say. Uh, that's with, what they say. With the, the, the Dirty Brew and Player Angulo, and Adam's going to uh, caddy, caddy for us, like Caddyshack. By the way, yeah, speaking we, of which, and I know Adam doesn't has never seen Caddyshack, but this is the week that you take Caddyshack out of the DVD case or, or pull it up on one of the, uh, the Voodoo apps or whatever, and you watch Caddyshack this week leading into the Masters. That's what you're supposed to do as a fine yeah. young American. Yeah, and then you watch Rocky before Pacquiao Bradley 3. Which so. Rocky? I like Rocky 4. Uh, is that the is that the USA no, versus Rocky Russia Ford. one? I love Rocky Four. That was barely a movie. Oh come! On. Well, no, barely a movie was Rocky Five with Tommy Wait. Gunn. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Rocky no, Four that, was that doesn't even count. That doesn't even count. They're both dude. bad. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, they're, they're not bad. amazing. They're bad. Rocky Four was when uh, Rocky decided to uh, take and down the, the Russians. War. Yeah, the Cold War. Remember, Apollo Creed was That's dead. The one. Um, yes, and the soundtrack was pretty. The soundtrack. For Rocky Four was pretty impressive. It's funny. I, I had it on in the house right? once, and um, I was watching in the living room. Lisa came out, to, uh, my girlfriend, from the bedroom and goes, are you watching porn? I said, no. <laughs> she said, well, what's that music? I said, well, this is the Rocky Four soundtrack, homegirl. This is quality action. Let me tell you something. If we're talking about Rocky movies, if we're talking about as serious movie critics, Rocky's the only one. Everyone else is, like, garbage. Right? I mean, that's I, fair to say. I heard Creed is really, really good. I yeah, people love Creed. It. Yeah, I, maybe. I, I, don't know, I don't know. I just I just think I, that's my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe three is really good. I have a pure entertainment value. I do like the Russia one. Yeah, it's three just, and four it's just entertaining. Yeah, yeah, I mean, when he goes to Siberia and he's training, mm-hmm. and he's pulling like a car behind him and tree trunks and all kinds of crap, it, it was good. It was good. It was quality. Plus, we hated the Russians at the time. I don't. Maybe we still hate the Russians. I don't know. I'm not on top of that. Anyway, meanwhile, uh, something is missing. Much like something was missing from Rocky Three and or not the Rocky Three, but Rocky Four and Five. Something is missing from USC's defense, and Adam Maya is going to tell us what it is. Yeah, it, they are missing veterans. Now, now we know that a few people are injured right now, and you know Dory is doing track. And people are coming back, everybody but, but Bigelow. But I'm doing some math. They have a total, a grand total of 15 starts from seniors on the roster on defense. Just 15. And then in the front seven, they have four starts um, from juniors. And... Chris, you, you know why this is, right? No, why is One this? One word. Extensions. Ah. So you got three small classes, 2012, 2013, 2014. They were yes. all in the 15-member range. These guys, even 2012, you count them because they would be redshirt seniors, and everybody's got them, except for USC. These guys would be your frontline players on, on both sides of the ball. Offense is fine. 
That's why I'm not even really talking about them right now. But on defense, like I said, you have Leon McQuay, who's made 10 starts. And I, I don't know that he'll be a starter this year. He'll, he'll play. I don't know. He might be a starter. But um, you only have 15 total from seniors on defense because of what you, you know, the bare classes for three years. And there's this myth that the sanctions are over and USC, you know, has moved on and, and that's no longer a factor. It's a huge factor. It is a, a huge factor because you don't have juniors and seniors that you should have from the 2013 and even 2014 class. And I just think that that could be a real issue for them this season. Last it's, year, you, you were dealing with that, but you had the 2011 class, and you had a lot of redshirt seniors, and you had the transfers of you know, Galvan and Claude Pallone, and then you had Antoine Woods, who was 2011, Greg Townsend was 2011, um, then you lose all those guys. You lose Sua a year early. They're hurting. Yeah, I, you know, I almost, I don't even know what you want me to say because it's all, all I can think of to say is something, you know, negative. And I don't mean to be negative, but I agree with you. They're not out of these sanctions. And I look at this defense, and this defense is going to struggle this year. I, it just, it's just. It just almost seems like a foregone conclusion. I know I've mentioned Clancy Pendergast and, and what I, you know, what I think he can do, and maybe the holes he can hide. I don't know. I mean, losing Kenny Bigelow makes me feel like they don't really have a defensive line at all that's ready to go. You know, these guys are young. Maybe they grow up fast, but it's just I'm not feeling confident with this defense at all. I actually think maybe the offense, you know, with it has a mature offensive line now. Maybe if they out their tackle issues and maybe they could kind of carry the team but the, I'm with you I, I look at this defense especially you know with some guys that are going to come back that are out and with the door Jackson missing and it's looking bare right now out there I mean it's it's kind of it's kind of crazy uh to see some of the guys that are getting reps and it, it feels like you know what we've watched over you know the past few years since the sanctions were announced, since they started taking smaller classes, you know, and some and we've talked about small rosters and how thin they are. It, it looks like that again. Well, the offense does have to carry the load, and I think it's there's not to be a mindset built now, really cultivating that they got to score forty points a game, and I think they're totally capable of doing that. You know, this isn't a hopeless situation. I think this team can be good this year. I think they're going to be a lot better in November than they are in September. But I think the offense, uh, and they're probably not going to talk about it, especially with us, but I think uh, amongst themselves, uh, they have to know that they're going to have to carry the slack and, and put up a lot of points and and really look out score people. The defense is a big unknown right now. You can just tell in spring. And I thought they, they practiced well, but realistically, there's not a lot of game experience. You're, you're relying on some younger people who have 
played maybe a year or haven't played at all to emerge. And some of them will. But then you're also relying on people like Jabari Ruffin, Michael Hutchings, Quentin Powell, who really haven't played and have been leapfrogged by by younger people uh, in the past. And, and now they're their primary players in that rotation. Um, one, of the most, one, of the, one of the biggest takeaways I had this week was uh, from your conversation with Clancy Pendergast. And you asked him about the GEP and how whether having more GEP um, changes the way that he can approach practice and, and what he's trying to develop. And uh, why don't you talk about his answer a little bit and, and what you think about it. Well, he basically said he doesn't have more depth. Yeah. Which to me was surprising because even though, you know, I knew I saw, you know, we saw Quinn Powell, Michael Hutchins playing and all these guys that, you know, we're not used to seeing playing. At the same time, that 2013 team, you know, I believe that we discuss, we were talking about them at the time having 30-something scholarship players available at all for games at a certain point. So in my mind... You know, of course they have more depth right now, even with right. injuries. They don't have, you know, 30-something scholarship players on the roster. And, you know, I think I think that after Clancy Pendergast said that, and looking back, I think he is right. I mean, honestly, they seem, they seem more loaded on offense. They seem to have a lot of offensive linemen. They've, to me, they've kind of neglected the defensive line, it seems like, because after a couple of injuries, they, they seem decimated there. Uh, you know, they have plenty of receivers, uh, you know, little thin on tailbacks, but it seems like they're pretty stacked everywhere else on offense. They, they have enough, and on defense, it's just not the case. So I didn't really look at that, that kind of – it, you know, there's kind of a, a lack of balance, and I didn't look yeah. at that. I just looked at the numbers, and that's why I asked Pendergast that question. He said that they have maybe an extra player that they feel confident about rotating at every level of the defense. So that's where they're at now. I would say the maybe the silver lining in all this is that they do have numbers at most spots. We know that they are thin on the defensive line. They don't have a lot of guys, uh, period, you know, regardless of experience. But you know, they got linebackers, they got defensive backs, and I get the impression, and it's actually verified by what Clancy did when he was here in 2013 and how well he did. I get the impression that because of how good his defense is or his concepts are, if he has bodies, he'll make it work. Because he's shown no hesitation to, to throw, like, say, Quentin Powell out there ahead of Elijah Juan Tucker, who, you know, Tucker's been, you know, a promising linebacker and has more experience already. He's a year younger. He would seem to be more versatile and, uh, has a, a prototypical body, and yet Clancy's like, no, I, I like Quentin, who hasn't really played defense two, for two years now. And so yeah. like, I get that a feeling that he just will, will maximize people, and if he has enough bodies to work with, which I, I think he does, then he's confident enough in them 
that they can be productive, that they can carry out what he's asking them to do. Clancy Pendergast is the X factor. There's no yeah. question. You look at the at this defense right now compared to last year. Last year's defense was better compared to the year before. The year before's defense was better. Every year that I've covered the team, except for maybe like 2012, I would say that that defense was better than this one. This this defense right now, I know it's banged up, and I'm not seeing all the guys out there, but it's thin. It's thin, and it doesn't look game ready. But Clancy Pendergast is so good that he might be enough of a difference where it doesn't matter. I'm going to wait and see. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, we, that's all we really can do. They, they do have reinforcements coming in the fall. Big ones. Yeah. Dory, Cam Smith. Recruits, too. Some more yeah. recruits. Yeah, yeah. I still think uh, I think we're going to see a lot more out of John Houston, who's working his way back from back injury, from Noah Jefferson doing the same, Ikeley Ross, Chris Hawkins. So I think they're going to be okay. Um, I just was, you know, perusing the roster again, and uh, I I feel for them because. The sanctions have just been an injustice, and here we are in 2016, still talking about them. And uh, I only bring them up because it dawned on me that the guys that we're seeing in practice, they've either they barely played or they've been reserves. And and then I, I give the numbers, and I'll read them one more time: 15 starts from the senior class on defense, 10 of them coming from McQuay. And then from the junior class, you have you have a lot more starts because you have a Tory and you have Chris Hawkins, but four starts in the front seven. And I, I'm willing to bet that no team in the conference, you know, and few teams in the country are, are dealing with that with their junior and senior classes. No, because they take 25 a year. They might yeah. not get the same talent, but they have 25 a year. So yeah. There we go. Hold on one second. I'm going to pop a, a five-hour energy here because we still got a lot of show left. We were going to talk about quarterback oh, competition done. in just a moment. And then we've got uh, some spring football coverage, spring love. And we've got your questions from the message board. And it looked like the message board was pretty full today. Hold yeah, I, I wanted to get to that. Hold, so. on, so, hold on. I'm going to do this right here. Right, right Sorry, on the show like this. Here we go. Okay. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Cla- classy. I still got a half left. Speaking of half left, how about the quarterback competition? We talked to Lance Zerline last week about the NFL draft. I actually was looking for Lance while I was in Houston, but he was avoiding me. Uh, not shocking. <laughs> and I was happy that he uh, gave a little defense for Cody Kessler. But Cody is gone. And the question that remains is who will it be playing Alabama at Jerry World? Yeah. So let's talk about this quarterback competition. I think... Are you pounding your keyboard? I am. Oh, are you that fired up about this? Or are you typing I, I, something? I'm excited. I mean, that thing was loud. That poor okay. keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people give me a hard time for being loud on the keyboard, but that thing was loud. Yeah, I actually thought it was you, Chris Morales, because I usually hear you typing away. But wow. I guess it's Adam. Oh, wow. Yeah. He's fired up. Take it away, my man. All right. Well, Sam Darnold is playing good football right now, and... It almost feels like he's making it a competition, although that's still, 
in question because he's not getting first-team reps. And if he doesn't get them this week, then he's not getting them. Because all last week, he outplayed Max Brown. And there's a caveat to that because he's doing it against the second team. We just talked about the defense and where there's a lack of experience. Well, when you get to the second team, there, there are a lot of walk-ons playing. And so I don't know how much stock you can put into what Donald's doing. He looks great doing what he's doing, but we know that he's facing maybe a greater player that he he won't, you know, he wouldn't have to deal with. And it's not what, what Max Brown's dealing with. So it's almost like apples and oranges. And I hate to say that. I, I hate to, to, uh, to make light of of the success that, that Donald is having because I think he's a, a potentially great quarterback. And uh, I'd like to see a competition. And so it almost feels like Max Brown would have to lose this competition. You know, he's not really having to play to win it. Just don't lose it. Dude. Yeah, I would actually almost even say... Let's let's. I know that this is a big storyline, and everybody cares about this storyline, and who's going to win this quarterback competition. It's not even really a storyline. Max Brown is going to be the quarterback unless he screws up so badly in spring practice. The Clay Helton goes, "I don't trust you at all, and I have to move on." He's the guy. He's older. He's the former five star. He's been there forever. He's getting most of the first team reps. It's going to be Max Brown. I'm sorry. I know that. I know that every I, every time I talk to a college football fan that's not a USC fan, they always ask me about the QB competition. It's the first thing that they ask. I know that it's the hot story. It's going to be Max Brown unless he completely screws it up. Yeah. Well, how would you grade them? You you've been there enough. I, I want to know how you see it. Um, just grade them individually. What, what grade would you give to Max Brown? And what grade would you give to Sam Darnold through three weeks? Okay. Um, I mean, honestly, I think I think that I would grade. Am I if I'm grading them as as just a quarterback, a college quarterback? I guess I'm giving them both B minuses. I don't okay. really think I've seen, you know, much out of Max Brown to make me think like, oh wow, you know, he's that guy that every because every, there's just the kind of this myth that follows him around because of his what he was ranked in high school. I don't see that honestly. Um, I think he's gotten better. I, I think he's gotten bigger, but I've never really seen him as you know this number one. He's the best quarterback in the country coming out of high school, and that it's just his destiny to win the Heisman and to be a top NFL pick. I don't see that. Sam Darnold, if I was kind of scaling the grading based on you know their where they are as like he's you know a redshirt freshman. And uh, Max Brown's much older. I would grade him higher than Max Brown. I've been impressed with his development. I think I've been impressed with what I've seen from him and where he is. I just don't think he's ready. I don't think I mm. think that Max Brown kind of beats him by default because I think I think Sam Darnold's just too young. But I don't necessarily see Max Brown as this all star. You know, I think of when I think of these five star quarterbacks. I think of Mark Sanchez. 
I don't see him. I don't think he's as good as Mark Sanchez for what I've seen. I haven't seen him in games. I haven't seen him deal with that, but just, I don't think he has the same tools. I don't think he has the same tools as Carson Palmer either. Yeah. It just, you know, it, the myth doesn't match what he is. I think he's going to be a good quarterback if he gets his shot. I just don't see him as that Heisman trophy winning, amazing stud. Yeah, I understand. I, I concur. I would grade Brown right now probably a B minus. I think maybe before this week it would have been a B, uh, maybe a B plus. Really, the last four practices, I thought he slid a little bit. Uh, beginning with that scrimmage the previous Saturday, and then all the way until this past Saturday, where they get a little bit of scrimmaging, not really. But I felt like Darnold has been better for four practices in a row, which is too many, in my opinion. Um, I, I always think that if you're the quarterback, if you're the starting quarterback, you should be the best player on the field. And maybe you don't look like that every single day, but most days you should. That was an issue I had with Cody Kessler before, where I felt like he rarely was. And, and then we saw that on Saturday play out, where he typically was outplayed by the opposing quarterback and certainly wasn't the best player in the field. Well, with Brown, he's just been okay of late. And so I give him a B-. And with Darnold, I give him a B. Now, again, I, I have to keep coming back to this. If Darnold was facing the, the level of talent that Brown was, I don't know how he would do. Maybe he would do just as well. I can't say that he wouldn't, but that's why I think he, he really needs those first-team reps. It's spring. I think you can afford to give them to him. I think he's earned them. And I think that it's, um, it, would, it, just, it would behoove USC to, to see what they have with him. And I don't think you really know what you have with a quarterback until he's gotten those reps. And so if he doesn't get them, then, as I said earlier, I think it should tell you everything. You know, there's no chance that Brown won't be the guy. Right now, I think there should be a chance that Darnold could be the guy, but he, he still has to, to win them over. And the way you do that is by performing against the first team. And he really hasn't gotten that opportunity. So um, I think... But my gut feeling here, I'll close out on this. My gut feeling is that maybe the best that Darnold can do, especially if he's not getting those, uh, those reps against the first team, the best he can do is put himself in position to play later in the year where there isn't a huge gap between him and Brown. And then if Brown were to struggle they would have enough confidence in Darnold to make a change at quarterback. I agree. Oh, come on. You guys got to agree now? That's not good. We agreed <laughs> on the whole thing. I, I can't even believe there you so go. it. In that way, it's different than it was with Brown and Kessler. Uh, well, well, really, Kessler was battling Wittick, but in time, Kessler separating himself from Wittick and had even more separation from Brown where really no matter how Cody played, he wasn't coming out. And, and I think Brown isn't, he has not uh, earned that 
I think that there there's maybe it's hard to say without without seeing them both face the first team, but there's just not a huge separation between them right now. And Morales, do you remember back before? I think before the competition or after week one, you asked me to put a percentage on the two of them on the likelihood of them being a starter. Yes. And I think I told you it was like seventy thirty, maybe sixty five thirty five at best. Well, it, it still feels like that because of of uh, the reps, even though I don't think their level of play mirrors that at all. I think their level of play is, you know, in a vacuum, it's, it's about equal. But because of, of who, they're, who they're being challenged by, you just know. I've, I've watched enough of these competitions, you know, enough practice that you know that this means this is your guy and this is your second quarterback. This is your backup quarterback. And then when we talk to Helton about it, he always comes back to to them both performing well and, and he doesn't really he won't he won't praise Darnold without mentioning Brown. So you can read between the lines and you know that Brown is really their guy. Well, I kind of all, I kind of think that Brown is their guy, but it's by default because they would have just named him the starter if they're really that confident in him. I kind of see similarities with Kessler where it's like maybe there's enough separation where he's just going to win the job and keep it, you know, until Sam Darnold becomes something else. But, you know, maybe he's not – they're not so confident in him uh, that they can just name him the starter or go with him and they maybe they want that backup plan. I think it's it's kind of, you know, it's there's two sides to it. It's like he's their starter, but by default. It's yeah, not, well, it's not they're a gonna, good thing. I, again, unless there's a, a major development in the final two weeks, I believe they're going to name Brown the starter because if you don't, he might transfer. Well, that's a quality point right there. I do like that. That's a good point. Is that it, boys, on that? That's it. That's it. Let's go. There you go. Okay, we're going to take a short break. I'm going to mic down this uh, next part of this five-hour energy, just maybe. Some spring football coverage and your questions from the message board. It's a Monday, April 4th, opening day. Adam's excited. He's going to yeah. cook, uh, cook up some hot dogs. Not Dodger dogs, but hot dogs in the break for us. You're listening to this week's edition of the Trojansports.com podcast. Subscribe on iTunes and never miss a moment of your favorite fellas yapping about your Trojans each week. Plus, some fun and frivolity along the way. Okay, I, I don't think you realize, uh, last week in the podcast, you pronounced Rojo as Rojo. Did I? You did. Wow. Stay locked in. More of the Trojansports.com podcast next. Hey, it's the QB Sean Salisbury, and you're listening to the Trojan Sports podcast right here on the home for everything USC. Everything USC. Trojansports.com. You're listening to the Trojan Sports Podcast on Trojansports.com. Powered by Hi, this is Chris Morales from Yahoo Sports Radio. For years, I've been an avid consumer of energy drinks. They gave me physical energy, but recently I discovered how to get more mental energy, and we could all use that with a little help from Mental Bright. Yes, Mental Bright is a health supplement for the brain. Mental Bright helps me focus. It helps me concentrate. Mental Bright is amazing. It's even helped my golf game. Go to mentalbright.com right now and learn more because this will give you mental health. Mentalbright.com. The shortest breaks known to man. The boys are back. 
This is the Trojansports.com podcast. And remember, everything you need for the best in-depth coverage of the Trojan, from recruiting to the message boards you love. It all lives on Trojansports.com from Rivals and Yahoo Sports. TrojanSports.com podcast. That song, Hearts on Fire, is from the Rocky IV soundtrack. A tradition unlike any other. Kind of like Augusta National. Where probably Adam, Maya, and I would not be allowed to actually even walk into the no. clubhouse. Chris Swanson, you could pass for it. But uh, the Masters oh, yeah. this weekend, Thursday, will tee off. And uh, our former friend, Blair Angu, will, will be excited. <laughs> former friend. Yeah. No longer friend. We not even a friend. Him. We killed him. We, we killed him off. It was like Carlito's way, Godfather, end of training style. day, Manolo, yeah. just all of them, all Did of you them. Did you say Magnolia? No, Manolo. <laughs> oh. Perfect. <laughs> I thought he said Magnolia. I was like, I don't, <laughs> I don't remember that scene. <laughs> I gotta watch Magnolia. Adam's like Barney's Great Adventure, the right? Or time. <laughs> hey, nothing wrong. Bible goes west. Nothing wrong with Barney's Great Adventure. Who doesn't like a purple monster or a purple dinosaur coming at you? You know what <laughs> I mean? Like a purple dinosaur, right, Chris? Morales? Speaking of purple dinosaurs, uh, <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> oh crap! Did you cook up those big Dodger dogs for us, Adam? No. No, the, no he would cook up some giant wieners. <laughs> Ah. He's a Giants fan. The, the Gigantes. Do, do, what do they call the hot dogs at AT&T Park? I don't know. Hot dogs? I don't get hot dogs when I go there. Oh, you don't? No. Why? They have good food. They, they have do have good food. food. I've, I've only been there once, and I got to see Barry Bonds yeah. hit a home run. And for that moment, that split second, I was a Giants fan. All right. And we queue up the Stevie P Spring Love, because it's time to talk about our in-depth spring football coverage and recruiting content only found at trojansports.com. Have you become a subscriber yet? If you do, if you become a subscriber this week as a new member, and we know you're a new member, Adam, Chris, you have the technology to know if somebody's new, right? Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, we will buy you a Dodger dog. We won't take you to a game. We'll just send you a pack of Dodger dogs. How about that? That, that, that could go lots of ways to no, happen. No, 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 I'm not no. doing that. Oh. Email me your receipt for the Dodger dog. But they got to be Dodger dogs. With their username. Yes. Well, what about Angel fans, though? Because there's a big Orange County thing. Yeah, but what do they call them? Halo, uh, Halo Hogs? I don't know. <laughs> you I just came up. I good. just came up with that off the top of my head. Yeah, that was Halo good. Hogs. That was good. That was good. <laughs> but I guess email me your receipt if you're a subscriber, I'll and we'll buy get you a <laughs> limit of of two hot dogs per party. Chris will buy your hot dog from you or for you. <laughs> two hot dogs per party. I want a receipt, baby. I believe receipt. the hot dog at 
Angel Stadium is a Wiener Schnitzel dog. Is it still a Wiener Schnitzel dog? Oh, it was, right? Yeah, well, I, want, I haven't been to an Angel okay. game in quite some time. Yeah, I don't yeah. go. But yeah, uh, there's chili cheese dogs at Wiener Schnitzel. That's not a bad item, Clark. That's uh, pretty good, and they're like a dollar ninety nine or something. It's like yeah, not yeah. Angel Stadium, and you, they're playing. You know no, what? Yeah, yeah. Angel Stadium. It's like eight foot. Oh, I gotta reconsider this promotion. <laughs> yeah, Angel Stadium, not great food. Although the Carl's Jr. item is nice, but uh, that sausage out in the outfield that that one's not bad. But I I don't know that. There's just something about a Dodger dog at Dodger Stadium. You know. I usually I go to Carl Jr. when I go. To Angel Stadium or to Dodger Stadium or to both? To Dodger Stadium. Yeah. I get the, the Western bacon. Yeah, that, that again, I yeah, don't do a lot of Western bacon action, but at Dodger Stadium, for some reason, I say, yeah. I, I just taste it. I can taste right? it. Yeah. Dude, Carl's Jr. is good, man. <laughs> it's good. Okay. <laughs> well, we know what Chris was doing great. in the break. Anyway, uh, meanwhile, it is time for your questions from the message board. At Trojansports.com. We cue up the music. We go to the message board on this opening day. Now, hold on. I'm waiting for the message board to load. Here we go. Drew Fight On, our old friend. Adam and Chris. Oh, this looks like like three paragraphs for this question. I'd be curious to hear you compare Sua Cravens with Dion Bailey. Relatively similar size and measurables, and both were defensive backs. They moved down in the box later in their SC careers. We can just cut it off right there. Okay. Chris, go ahead. Okay, okay. <laughs> We're cutting it off and jumping to Chris. Well, the question um, is, why do we think Dion went undrafted and is struggling to stay in the league while Sue is a potential late first, early second rounder? Because Sue is way better than Dion Bailey? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah, he just always has been. He's more, he's just more prototypical. He can do more things. You know, he was always the big time you know, recruit and well, he's yeah. not prototypical for the NFL. He's prototypical in college, but he's more prototypical than Dion Bailey is, though. He, he's not, more prototypical doesn't even make sense. Okay, I prototypical guess that's not. or you're not. <laughs> okay, you're not more prototypical. I, I guess I view it as a scale. I would say yeah. Dion Bailey doesn't really fit into an NFL defense yeah. at all. The reason why like, Sula won't go in the first round, apparently, is because he's not prototypical. So okay. probably not the adjective to use, but nonetheless, he's just a better player. He's a lot better player. I, I don't I'm I'm surprised we're being asked. Drew fight on if you want a Halo hog. Send your receipt to Crispy Swanson. Thanks for the question. Adam not Adam is not that one is to so ever perfect. cut me off from reading all the entire question. Usually it's Adam saying, hey, you didn't read that last part. But I, I'm impressed by Adam saying enough. It enough. was really long. It was long. We, we, got, we have 10 questions. We take about an hour on this. We got to move on. I'm sorry, Drew. But I think you know that Sua will be a lot better player and projects to be a better player in the NFL. We like Dion, and I don't think it's because Dion was a three-star and Sue was a five-star. I don't think that NFL scouts really care about that. They they care a lot about their their combine and you know their you film. Yeah, well, gotcha. Adam, my point my point since you know you ripped me, Andrew, was that Dion was a three-star because he's a guy that you know maybe didn't even really fit in in a college defense that well. Good you point. know what I mean? Like he doesn't have a chance to fit in in the in an NFL defense. Where Sua was like he has a he could play safety or linebacker at college, and that's why I kind of made prototypical. Well, Dion did that. Even 
Yeah, Dion. Yes, had that I know. Dion too. did it too. Dion. That's did why he's comparing them. Yes. So we got it. I'm saying. I'm saying. But I'm saying <laughs> that Dion did that because he didn't really fit in at either in college. Sua yeah. fit in at both in right. college. Yeah. And doesn't fit in at either in the NFL. Right. Dion didn't even fit in at either in college. He played it well, but he yeah. didn't fit in. Right. Well, he's so. asking about their their NFL. I get. It. I get. It. That's. Okay, I'm sorry. David Wall. Okay, gentlemen, it's time for the final Adam versus Chris draft of the spring. This time, all current players and February 2016 signees are eligible, regardless of position. And the criterion is overall anticipated contribution to the football program. This sounds like this is going to be a long answer. Priest draft your top seven each, just picking a random number there. Why couldn't the number be two? And explain why. Thanks. In addition, <laughs> would you mind evaluating the strengths of Max Brown and telling us what you think his ceiling is? Great. <laughs> Take it away, guys. Okay, well, we'll do the first part. We'll, we're not going to do Brown right now, but we'll we'll draft who we think are going to be effectively their top seven players in 2016 in terms of value. You want to go first? Okay. Juju Smith. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, it gets tricky after there, right? <laughs> it does. No, okay. it actually, It. I don't even know where to go for number two. I'm like racking my brain, honestly. Well, this is such a guess because Adore could be number one, but if he's only playing cornerback, he could be number five. Yeah. So we we really don't know his role, but I'll I'll kick Adore next. Okay, you might hate my next pick because it's a safe pick. I don't really know where to go, but I guess I'm going Justin Davis. Okay, Be- because I feel like you know they have a thin running back rotation. He's probably going to get the ball. He's the safest bet to be ready to carry the ball. So what do you mean, Ronald going- Jones is ready to carry the ball? Well, I know he's, but he has pass protection problems, and that's why they didn't use him that much last year. He's still young. Yeah, I talked about it with Tommy Robinson. Let's go to the that, That's my that's my door buzzer. So who's at the door? Uh, yeah. you, is it yes, somebody with probably. a uh, <laughs> somebody with a halo hog for you? Uh, yeah, maybe somebody with the receipt. So yeah, that's probably what's going on. It was but, a loud door uh, yeah. buzzer. I know. My apologies about that. Um, I might have to sign for a package in like two seconds too. Who knows? So yeah, keep it keep it real on the podcast here. But um, uh, yeah, I I mean I'm go- I I know Ronald Jones is ready to carry the ball, but he's still young and he still has things to work out. So I feel like Justin Davis is kind of that safest pick at running back position to get the carries. So I'm picking him. I don't think you realize that Davis. Now, you're saying Justin Davis is ahead of your draft, Chris, than Rojo? Yeah, um, because Ronald Jones, I don't think, is is uh, as far along as Justin Davis is in terms of the things outside of carrying the ball, in terms of blocking, pass protection, all that kind of stuff. I think Justin Davis is the safer pick here uh, to, you know, at running back to be in the game more, to be relied upon more. So I'm putting him at number three. Yeah, I, I just want to give you a little... Uh, a refresher on what Ronald Jones did last year. He ran for more yards than Justin. He ran for more touchdowns. And 
nearly in a certain amount of carries. He actually had six kingless carries, but it wasn't like he barely played or, you know, wasn't I know available. he didn't barely play. He, if I remember you said they didn't use him that much. I said he wasn't used as often. No, you said not that much. Okay, whatever. Either way, if he, if he ran for nearly as many carries as a true freshman, I would think he would run for as many carries as a sophomore. Okay, you pick him number four. I'm just saying that if I had to say who do I trust at running back more, it's Justin Davis. I think the coaches completely agree with that. I had a conversation with Tommy Robinson about how uh, Ronald Jones is still really young and still needs to grow in a lot of places, if I remember correctly. Sure. So we all we all agree I mean, with that. We all know that. But yeah. he has more talent. You're, you're saying he won't Probably. be he won't be more productive next year, even though he was last year. I don't know who's going to get more yards next year. Okay. All right. I didn't even think it was about yards. Well, no, it was about uh, contribution. Who, mm-hmm. who would who would uh, have more impact? Well, you can pick okay. Justin. I'll pick Justin. Okay. Uh, I will go with Ronald Jones next. Rojo. Okay. Um, I guess... Iman Marshall next. I, I really I don't really know where to go. There's so many young, kind of unproven guys on defense and I don't know. He feels like one of the more proven guys already, even though he's gonna just be a sophomore. Mm-hmm. So I'll take I'll take him. All right. I'll go with Max Brown. I think uh you know, if he plays to his potential, he would probably be number one. Yeah, um, I get, I'm going to go Toa Lobendon next. Okay. Assuming he comes back completely healthy and okay and everything, it's kind of tough with all these injuries in spring and not seeing him out there. But, you know, I would need to pick somebody along the offensive line. I feel like he's always been the guy that's going to play and the guy that they lean on the most outside of, you know, Max Turk, who left. Um, so I'm going Toa Lobendon. All right, back to Beautiful. Thank you, David Wall. Exodus 1 is SC recruiting now three different styles of wide receiver going forward. And by styles, Exodus means speed, possession, taller. For XYZ versus old staff wanting larger wide receivers as a whole in the Lane Kiffin era. Or as he put, Lame Kitten. I like that. Have the wide receiver drills consist of any work with tennis balls like other programs use for hand-eye coordination and use of wet footballs? Who doesn't like a wet football hanging around? One observation is not all the wide receivers line up with outside leg back in stance, and Rogers' front toe is not straight, causing him to have to redirect to get full speed and being taught in track. <laughs> Exodus one, what is is he like there watching this stuff? I would think the wide receivers coaches would be all over this. Uh, who is Exodus one? Is that Wayne Kitten somewhere to, <laughs> looking at all this stuff? This is amazing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a man who always has his leg back in the stance, Adamaya. No, <laughs> I'm really hoping. I'm really hoping you would you would fit, Chris. But I uh, I don't think that there's a, um, a a real distinguishable difference in what they're recruiting. I think they they want a slot guy, and then on the outside they pretty much take the best players available. 
Yeah, uh, I agree. I mean, they they like bigger guys, obviously, but you know, if a six foot one guy could play on the outside and he's a five star, they're not going to tell him no, you know, because he's only six one and not six four. They like six four, six five guys too, but you know, they take who's ever great. Slot's a little bit different. It's a little bit of a different uh, position. Um, I haven't noticed tennis balls. They get um, it with I the think I think he, the linebackers, but not with the receivers. Yeah, I haven't seen it with with the receivers. I think he's referring to the, Mike Leach used to do that at Texas Tech. I remember that. Um, so, but yeah, I, I haven't seen that with the receivers. Uh, wet footballs, I've seen in the past. I like for like you know what a rainy game is going to come up or something. But I, I haven't noticed that in the spring yet. I don't know if you have Adam, but no. I haven't noticed wet footballs. Um, as for the wide receiver observations on their feet i really i don't know enough about that kind of stuff to to really have a a say on it um you know if it is something uh i've talked about before he's not asking about it he just wanted to put that in there he had an observation actually this one yeah oh that's a great observation because i didn't notice so there you go (laughs) i'll let i'll (laughs) i'll talk to t martin about it maybe someday we'll see we'll see if i ever get to him so yeah Adam, I, any thoughts on the stance? Absolutely not. Okay. Trojan fan 68. Hi, everybody. Nick from Cyprus. Roll call. What's up, Chris P. Swanson, Chris Morales, a.k.a. Rodriguez. Rip to Rivals version of Blair the Dirty Bruin and Glulo. And the man, Adam Maya. Yes. First question. What is your thoughts on the Scott Felix situation? Did you guys see this happening? Did you buy the keeping him involved in the program? Does this seal the deal for Don Hill? Exodus from USC, too? What are your thoughts on Julian Jacobs leaving for the NBA, which uh, we did cover, even though I think he's going to be a linebacker somewhere? Does he decide (laughs) to come back because he hasn't signed with an agent? Last thoughts on Mitch Hart's return to baseball team. Fight on, love what you guys do. We love you, Nick. We love you. Even though you ask us 19 questions. Okay. Uh, Regarding Scott Felix, it would have helped to have him. They they needed guys on the outside. I think he was going to be a backup. But he had experience, and he would have given him depth. Um, I did see this happening, and uh, we expected him to be out for the year. And it's unfortunate that it's happening uh, because it appears like, according to him, uh, it really was a uh, kind of a simple mistake. But that's just where we're at now with supplements and drug testing, where... uh, you really can't take anything without checking with trainers and, and getting it approved. Um, whether I buy him being involved in a program, I think it's kind of irrelevant in, with the football team. I mean, for him, it might be nice if that's what he wants to do, then cool. And it, it can give the, you know, the scout team, you know, a good look. But I don't know, it, whatever. Does it seal the deal for Don Hill? I, I think it... It doesn't have any impact on John Hill. John Hill, it sounds like th- they're going to bring him back. I think he's being disciplined by Helkin, but um, I'm not aware of him being kicked off the team or, or kicked out of school. So it doesn't sound like a Bryce Dixon situation. And, and Helkin said that he expects him to return. So... Helkin, while he's not revealing all the details on these situations, is I don't think 
he's playing the games that maybe Stark was with players' eligibility. And so, I think Stark was uh, was masking a lot of things, uh, whether it was these guys or, you know, Josh Shaw before them. I think John Hill will be back. And we talked about Julian. I have a thought on Mitch Hart. Go for it. It's not really on Mitch Hart, but I wanted to announce that I have actually found somebody to cover baseball. For oh. us. So, base, so baseball will return to Trojansports.com, and it doesn't have to be me. It was it was eventually I was going to go back, but I have found uh, somebody to do it. So look out for Rachel Frain. She's actually covered a game for us before. She's going to cover every home game for us. Well, Rachel. And she should, Rachel Frain, and she should help at uh, some spring practices too. So there you go. Adam, your thoughts on this? <laughs> Adam's thrilled. He doesn't have to go to baseball. Yeah. Well, are we going to have Rachel on the show, or are we going to welcome her into the... Uh... No, because we have tons of people that work for us that never come on the show, so <laughs> probably not. Where do you follow Rachel on Twitter? I don't know if she has a Twitter or not. Okay. She's a USC student. Well, she tweets from we are, our account. Don't worry. We are uh, hiring the best. I mean, we are hiring people that know social media. Uh, anyway... <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? She's covering a baseball game. I don't give a shit. I was, I was just, I was going to add her to, uh, I was going to follow her on Twitter now. That way I can I'm be sure on top. She might have one. I'll go find it. It's okay. so, I, I just, I like to be involved with the people that are involved with Trojansports.com. I'll send you everybody's Twitter. Well, I already follow them all. Do you? Do you? Yeah, I follow everybody that we talk to. How do you think I, I can fake it? I don't know if you do. I don't know if you do. Well, who am I missing? I don't know. You know. There's, we have, there's, I don't know, there's a bunch of people to help us All at right. different times. We're really so. not trying to finish the show. Let's move we? on. Let's move on, yes. Rachel, welcome aboard. Trojans Freak, how do you guys see the defense coming together? With the loss of Felix, does it open up a scholarship for a possible transfer? And finally, is there a date for the Rising Stars camp? I'll give you a Rising Star. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm with you. Um, I, we kind of touched on, uh, on the defense. Adam, um... I'm a little yeah. skeptical, but Pendergast is the X factor. That's still our answer. Yeah, I, I'll add this uh, to what I said earlier. Um, they're practicing at a faster tempo. You're seeing that the the graduation from week one to two to three. So um, I don't know if that's because of them figuring it out. Probably. Um, again, it, it's a lot of people that I don't think are – are maybe going to be in a starting lineup. And and even with that, I don't know how much to make of how they're doing. But um, they do look like um, they're getting it a little more. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, you know, what, with Felix, I don't think that opens up a scholarship. Uh, no. I, no. I, no, absolutely not. Um, not. They have to eat it. Yeah, so um, for Rising Stars, that's always in June. I'm not sure if there's an exact date yet, but you can actually there's – there's a website for USC's camps that you can find that always has the dates on them uh, whenever they you know update it. It might still have the old camp dates, but it's always in June, usually towards the mid to end of June. So look out for it then. Our old friend uh, – thank you, Trojans Freak, by the way – Simul Jair, right? Did I say it right this time? He no. hasn't been, Simul Jair hasn't been around for a while. Why do you put an L in there? Because it's his nemesis and he's tweaking him. Yeah. That's why. That's why. No, I don't, I don't, think, I don't think I quite join it. Yeah, that's why I do it. He gave us the pronunciation. I'm an a-hole. Don't you know that already? 
Okay. Now that Kiffin and Sark are gone, and you guys can be honest, would you say they, A, were not very good, B, sucked, C, really sucked? I'll take your answer off the air. Thanks. How about no, D, we'll, all of we'll the above? It. Yeah, we'll do it on air. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'll, I'll answer it, actually. Um, I actually think Kiffin could have worked out. I think he was a pretty good coach. Kiffin. You love Kiffin I, more than Enfield. I think Kiffin got screwed. Honestly, I think he took over a team that was on that was on probation, being sanctioned. The expectations coming off of Pete Carroll was USC should win the national title every year. He didn't do that, so they turned on him and fired him. But I look at that staff. That staff that he had was amazing. They tried to bring almost all of them back. You know, uh, this past year, uh, he he won ten games one year and finished in the top five in the year that they fired him, they ended up winning 10 games that year. He, he, to me, it seems like it could have worked out with him. I would have wanted to see what he could have done with a full roster. Steve Sarkeesian. Oh, wait, wait. So what, what's your A, B, or C? It's none of them, right? You oh, know? yeah. No, it's D. You're going to say good? I like, I think Lane Kiff is going to be a hell of a head coach when he gets another chance. Okay. Hell, you think, you think he was good? offensive coordinator. Yeah, I think uh, – yeah, I mean, he made mistakes. He was young, yeah, just but he's good. Answer, he's give it, good give it a put. Fill in the other. What? What is it? Uh, uh, I would say he was he was above average and going to be great someday because I think he's going to be a great head coach someday. Okay. I actually think Steve Sarkeesian could be a very good head coach someday too, as well. He's oh, a drink- Adam. He has a drinking problem. He's mm-hmm. an alcoholic. That's not his fault. That's not. It's well, not the fault of him. It's not. He wasn't a bad coach. He, they didn't underachieve. He just had a drinking problem. Wait, it, so it's how, not his fault that he was an alcoholic. I don't. I think that. I mean, there's. You can hold people responsible to a point, but yeah. you know, there's Who, there's something him? else going. On. But there's there's other factors going on there. Yeah. You know that I can't even speak to because I'm not a medical doctor, but I know that you know people don't drink that way just because he didn't okay. choose to. He didn't choose to show up to work drunk. He couldn't stop uh, drinking. He has a problem. Okay. You know what I mean? He didn't stop drinking. He started at some point and didn't stop. That's why he showed up to work drunk. He has an he has a problem. I don't think that it's about his ability as a coach. They didn't underachieve under him. At any point, really, maybe they lost one or two games that they shouldn't have, but they didn't really underachieve. They haven't done better under any head coach since Pete Carroll. So I'm not going to say he's a bad head coach either. He had a drinking problem. He got fired because he's an alcoholic. I don't know how to judge him. You don't feel like after five games last year, two of which were against the Sun Belt, and they were one and two in the conference, they were underachieving, and they had lost to Washington at home? They- Washington at home was a bad loss, but Stanford was a really good team, and USC wasn't the number six team in the country like everybody was pretending that they were. Yeah, Washington, but just they could have lost to the they, that, that wasn't underachieving at one and two? Because they lost to Washington. That's yeah. the only reason. They played two Pac-12 games, three. right? Okay, three. So they won one of them, right? Yeah. They yeah. lost to a team that they should have lost to, and then in one game, they they didn't win when they should have. It's they one game. They lost a game that they had an 11-point lead at, lead in, in at home. But and it's then, Stanford. It's yeah. Stan- the yeah. fact that they had an 11-point lead might have been overachieving because Stanford kicked their butt <laughs> when they had Clay Helton, right? They didn't. They couldn't even hang with Stanford at the That's end of the not year. not true. No. They were winning they that game in the third quarter. They lost by 20 points. They lost okay. that game by 20 points. But they were winning in the third quarter. 
Okay. Were they up by 11? No. Yeah, so I've said you can't say he underachieved that year because he lost to Washington. Yeah, you can't. He, he only coached three conference it's games. one game. I know. Dude. Like, they, Pete Carroll lost to Washington. You know? Yeah. Like, right. I'm saying, like, it's one they game. They underachieved that year. <laughs> Did they underachieve that year? Yeah. As a freshman quarterback? When yeah. they beat Ohio State, see, we just disagree on so many things. They didn't underachieve that year. There's no way. They finished with nine wins that okay. year. Fresh for quarterback. All right. Completely disagree okay. with Adam on everything. They, I mean, they, they did have a freshman quarterback, a good one, but they had no other limitations. They won nine games. I know. They went nine and four. Okay. They underachieved. Yeah. Okay. When I go home and drink a bottle of tequila and three Budweiser's after doing this show tonight, does that make me an alcoholic or uh, or just really stressed out? It means that you've talked to us for like two hours. That's why you're drinking that much. It's a, well, I drink that much every night. Uh, Kyler Keener. Wait, we, we didn't even answer. Oh, yeah. I, I figured we all agreed in like a D answer, but go ahead. No, I, I have yet to hear the grade from Swanson on Stark, A, B, or C. I would say he's below average, but I would I would say he's better than was not very good, sucked or really sucked. Okay. He he has, you know, he's an alcoholic. We got fired. Yeah, that that. That, that really sucks. That but that's it you're the he's head coach a of a coach. college football team. But that's it. That's something that afflicts like millions of people, all different, you know. Uh, styles of lifestyle. Sure, sure. And, but the know. question is how they performed at their job. So, if you think you perform well, then okay. That's I, not the question. Is now that they're gone, I think you, you guys could be honest. I, I think when you're you terminated say, in the manner that he was, you failed. Okay, but the question was: Would you say that they were not very good, sucked, or really sucked? That was the question. I wouldn't say any of that for either of them. I think Scart probably should have included you in his lawsuit. Uh, <laughs> if you would have had your grades, you and Bleacher Report supporting uh, how good he was as a coach. Well, I'm just, we're inside a USC bubble. If you look at him outside of that bubble, you he could argue he's a good coach and you would believe him. No, I don't think people think that at all. He was an offensive corner at USC and then was hired to be a head coach at Washington and then was hired to be the head coach at USC. Yeah. You came to somebody with that as your resume and said, I'm a good football coach because of these things. They would say, you're right. Anybody outside of this bubble, outside of the people that follow him and hate him well, because yeah, he threw a screen still- pass on third and six against this team at this year. No, no, no. I mean, it, if we're comparing him to you and I, sure, he's better than we are. But that that's not the scale that we're judging by. It's as a Division One college football coach. And I think you could argue he's a good coach, even okay. if that's the scale. I really do. I don't even. I think he had one losing season, right, as a head coach. Uh yeah, five and seven I, in two thousand. I mean, I know that. Yeah, it's like okay, you're always going to win at USC. I get that, but. You know, with the, with how bad Washington was, like he could. I'm saying, I'm not. I'm not saying I necessarily agree with it, but he could obviously argue. Steve Sarkisian could obviously argue that he's a good football coach and a good Division One coach. You're taking for him. I, mean, I can't imagine you taking a Scantron test <laughs> because just fill one out. I'm gonna go with A. I think Stark was not very good uh, while he was at USC. 
Um, and then the situation ended up being, it really sucked because of the way it ended. And with Kiffin, uh, it also really sucked the way it ended. I think uh, if I'm grading him as a coach, somewhere between A and B. Awesome. I said D a long time ago, so just so you know. <laughs> yeah. Kyler Keener. What are some pros and cons from Kiffin, Sark, and Helton for how they have run spring practice? <laughs> well, Sark made a lot of mojitos out there for spring practice, but that's... Uh, oh, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Let's go okay, back we, to purple you know, dinosaur jokes. We're, <laughs> and the Halo Hawks. Believe it or not, we're, we're short on time, and so we're not going to go through the, the pros and cons of Kiffin and Sark. It's not relevant right now. I would agree with that. Uh, with Helton... What are your thoughts, Chris? I don't know. Honestly, I haven't seen much of difference from the last two guys at spring yeah. practice. I mean, like honestly, like yeah. I everybody's everybody's looking for what these guys did wrong. You know, mm-hmm. it's not how they ran practice. That doesn't no, change. No, it's how they coach. <laughs> yeah, it's I you know, it looks exactly the same. <laughs> Actually, to be honest with you, I don't really know because they've effectively blocked our view for about 80% of what they do. So, thumbs up USC. Put those put those wall of recruits along that, you know, south field again and practice over there. So, who knows, really. I mean, right? There's some things we can see. Yeah, yeah. What's important, we ain't seeing cuz they figured out how to make sure that no one can see it except for the coaches and the players and the recruits. So, may I see it? As someone wants it. Okay. I I'll <laughs> I'll follow up on Chris Swanson, not Morales. Yes. And uh, nobody expected you to follow up on him. <laughs> I like that they've slowed down. I don't feel like they're trying to get so many plays in. I think that they care a lot more about the details um, and, and how they run the practice. It just seems like they're not in a hurry. And I also feel like there were okay before with Sark there was a lot of platooning do you remember this yes and I then, remember that that catchphrase yeah but it, but it, it was real in, in yeah, practice I know. I know and I think we're seeing the the first team guys there's an imbalance and I think there should be I think that we're seeing the guys that that they intend to play more, getting more work, and they're not. Uh, I thought it was kind of a facade with the whole platoon. They, they ditched it after the the Idaho game. They really didn't use the platoon that much, and and I just felt like they were trying to sell this idea of like we're going to play everybody and we're going to do everything, and I don't see that happening. I also think um, they're working on weaknesses more. I think they know that they don't have a lot of chemistry in a, in a deep passing game or with tight ends, just downfield overall. And I see that they're working on that a little bit more. I like that. I think that's good. Um, they really preach fundamentals. They turned off the music. There are little things like that that I think um, are probably going to help, you know, just a little bit, little by little. 
I don't know that it it's the difference between winning and losing, but I think they're making each player a little better. B22 Rider. Hey, guys, awesome speaking with Adam at practice this week. Really? Yeah, I met him. Oh, you press Great the flesh. Guy. Press the flesh. What's his real name? I, I, I don't know if he wants me to reveal that. Or is it just B22? No, it's Ryder, dude. Oh, yeah. Ryder's his real name? That's his real oh, name. Okay, I just wondered what the B was I don't. I don't know that. I, I He told me his name. It wasn't Ryder, but... Oh, uh, Adam. What? You revealed it. <sighs> Okay, right. fine. It's right. USC has had a ton of success in recent years with having a big-time receiver in the mix. So now, how would you rank them? Who do you think is the best out of Robert Woods, Marquise Lee, Nelson Aguilar, and Juju Smith-Schuster? Only taking their college careers into consideration. Thanks. Love everything you guys do. Fight on. Okay. Only, okay, only taking college into consideration. I actually did a story when I took over the beat ranking the top USC receivers of all time, and I had I had Marquise at four, and I had Robert Woods just out of the top five because Marquise, well, I don't think he's a better receiver than Robert Woods, was a little bit more productive at USC, and so I would rank him one, and then I'd have Woods two, and then I think Juju will surpass Aguilar this year. Yeah, um, I agree with you. Lee at one. Um, I think that he kind of took over as the best receiver at USC, even when Robert was there. Yeah. Uh, Robert was at two because of what he did before that year. He was amazing um, up until Marquise Lee became the guy, really, and then he was still very good, even. Um, and I agree with you. I think right now you have to say Nelson Aguilar is third, but Juju Smith Schuster will eventually be third, and Nelson will fall to fourth. Yeah. And I mean, it's not a foregone conclusion that Juju leaves. Um, if he stayed for a fourth year, then he would be number one. He would, I think, jump both uh, Marquise and Robert. But with only a junior year, you know, assuming that he's healthy, I think that he probably falls behind the two of them. I completely agree. His, his freshman year wasn't uh, on the level of, of those two. Was it his fault? Who knows? No. He had Cody Kessler at quarterback. <laughs> 57 weeks in a row, kids. There you go. The streak continues. Poor Cody. I really hope he gets into the NFL and wins a Super Bowl just to stick it to Adam Meyer. <laughs> He'll well, look like, at what the you camera. Mean, the practice squad? <laughs> hey, no, starter. If we would have all been around, camera. if we would have all been around in the Tom Brady going to, uh, from Michigan era, going, what, the seventh round? We would be eating words. Just saying. I think he went in the six. It might have been six. Yeah, I yeah. think Tom Brady at Michigan was way better. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but we didn't have rivals. We didn't have a rivals page back then. That's true. But let me just, I would like to see that happen because I want to see Cody Kessler look at the ca- camera and go, I told you, Adam Maya. I told you, Trojansports.com. You guys suck. You, you, you way more than Yeah, I know. Yeah, well, he'd save something special for me, like a mooning or a middle finger or something. A mooning? I don't know. A mooning. Wow, I haven't heard that like, term like, in quite a while. No, like Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning did it all the time at Tennessee, so I wouldn't go Apparently, Peyton Manning did a lot of things at Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> oh. HBKB9. 
I believe Chris said he's a believer in a grab a quarterback with every recruiting class or grab something else. Doesn't that make us vulnerable to transfers? If Tua commits, shouldn't we be set and not have to waste a scholarship on Matt Coral or Corral? Tua would be young. <laughs> Fink would still have years left, and we'd have Darnold, too, if he sticks around. That's years of youth and learning. What top-rated quarterback would want to sit in uh, sit that long anyway? I don't know. Okay, well, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to yeah, let jump you know. in. I'm going to jump in. Jump in, Adam. Jump on. I said that. I, I, I think Chris believes that, too. But I believe that you have to grab a quarterback with uh, every class. Um, assuming that they're full. I mean, when USC was only bringing in 12, 13, it was complicated. But um, I think you should bring one every year. I think you're always vulnerable to transfers because they're quarterbacks and only one plays, and they all believe that they're the best guy. And so um, if you don't grab one, then you're even more vulnerable when someone transfers. And uh, I don't think that you're ever really set at quarterback because they can go down and they're the most important player in in football and I think in any sport. I think they're the most valuable player. And so um, it's part of the deal when you go to USC that you're going to wait. And USC uh, can actually sell the fact that Matt Leinart, he waited. He waited two years. And John David Booty waited three years. Booty. And Mark Sanchez waited three years. And Cody Kessler waited two years, and Max Brown had waited three years. And if they were able to wait, and a lot of those guys were, you know, were great college quarterbacks and played in the NFL, then you can wait too. Yeah, you're. It's to your benefit to wait, really. Oh, it is. I think sometimes. Sometimes, I mean, you should always be able to play you want to play eventually but yeah it's definitely you know i think developing is a good thing especially in that jump from high school to college but i understand why he got confused with uh with who might have said this because this podcast is always i agree with you adam i agree with you chris unless we fight and then it gets really nasty for like seven minutes and we just bicker at each other it's awesome but i agree with you here adam um I do think you should take a quarterback every class, and I don't. I don't care if it, it makes USC susceptible to transfers. That's a good thing. If a quarterback's not playing and he's not going to play for you, you don't want him on your on your roster as a scholarship player. You know, yes, it's good to have guys in case of emergency. I get that, but you know, for the most part, that's just a wasted scholarship. At least with the cornerback that's not going to play, he could be on special teams and the linebackers not going to play could be on special teams or add you know depth in the you know real depth in case people get hurt or whatever else it's there's the other players that don't play do more for you than like quarterbacks or punters or kickers whatever else really if they're not playing so i think it's good grab a guy if it forces guys out good they're probably not your stars anyway final question sc fan 1880 I'd like to see a question or two about how the offensive coaches are uh, gelling as well as the defensive staff. Now, why not just ask us a question or two? Why ask to see a question? He did. Oh. Are they all on the same page? Are some rising in prominence? Are, they any, are there any visible differences in philosophy? Who are the players seeing as the top dog when it comes to decision-making and program direction? Adam. <laughs> Who's the top dog, Adam? I mean, okay, they, they've been together for three weeks, so... I think this is very premature. I hate premature. <laughs> but um, <laughs> rising in prominence, I, I think 
it was kind of known going in that when Tyson Helkin came in with Neil Callaway, that they would have a lot of influence on what's happening on offense. And the players have spoke to that. Even T. Martin has intimated that. And so I think that we're seeing we're seeing Martin and and maybe Helkin and uh, the the other position coaches. I think they're all they're 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 structuring this offense together. While Martin will call the plays, I don't think that he's drawing it all up by himself. Beautiful. Yeah, you have any thoughts on it? <laughs> no, he, no, he has not. As uh, okay. no thought. As Just Rodney say, well, Dangerfield like, said at the end of Caddyshack, mm-hmm. "Hey everyone, we're all going to get laid." And with that, Actually, yeah, well, it's so, the end of the show. Okay. That was the end of Caddyshack. And I, it's I, Caddyshack uh, Masters Week. Get it? I did a whole yeah. bit on that earlier. No, I, I, I thought we were going to do Rocky because of Pacquiao Bradley three. Nah, no, nah. Pacquiao. There's too many options. We could do Hoosiers. Could, there's so many things going on. It's crazy. <laughs> If if Pacquiao and Bradley were fighting in my living room, okay, you wouldn't watch it. I wouldn't watch it. Oh, wow. Timothy Bradley. I mean, they might as well just put me out there. What a joke! Who's actually going to pay for that? He's one loss. He has one oh, loss. Other than, Fil- other, other than Filipinos and degenerates, and if you're a Filipino degenerate, welcome to the show. We're degenerates too. Who are going to? Wow. Uh, who's going to pay for that? I am so come on, come man. over to my house and bring chicken wings, and you can watch it for free. <laughs> you got too much money if they're paying for that. I mean, come on. Yeah. Although boxing. hopefully there will be Halo Hogs there. I will say that. If I, you- I, I know I'm getting receipts in, <laughs> in my email inbox, so I'm getting ready. I might as well just buy a few. I'll be watching uh, the Masters replay on Friday night versus that uh, instead of that. I'm sorry. Okay, but okay. Enjoy. I'm gonna invite I'm gonna invite Drew fight on over since Adam ripped Drew's him ready. He'll bring yeah. his Halo. Rip him. Drew will, Drew will come over. He'll bring his Halo hog. It'll be great. I know. Yeah, I know how it feels. Drew, come on over. We'll watch <laughs> Pacquiao Bradley together and talk about Adam. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather watch I, you and Adam spar in my living room than uh, than Pacquiao <laughs> and Bradley. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna. <laughs> yes. I'm gonna keep get answer. The other part of this question. Oh yeah. Oh, there's. No. <laughs> I already. Yeah. Did my, I already did my Roddy Dangerfield joke. I know though. you did. Oh. I know because you don't pay attention to the question. Well, I just thought you weren't going to answer. I was hoping you weren't going to no. answer. Actually, okay. No, I, I try to. Go ahead. Um, defensively, everything comes from Pendergast, and maybe that's not explicit uh, to the public, but um, he's the one that hired Bradford. He worked with him before, and uh, they're comfortable with one another. And then Manson's only coaching the outside linebackers. And so he's basically being instructed on, on how to use them by Pendergast. And then BKU has the, the guys up front, and he's working on making them technicians. But all the schemes and concepts are all coming from Clancy. Where the offense, I feel like it's like a jambalaya, and they all have their hand in it. And even Clay, of course. But defense, it's Pendergast. Remember that one time I said, hey, everybody, we're all going to get laid? Yeah. I'll say it again. Good night, everybody. Uh, that's going to do it for the Trojansports.com podcast for your Monday. Enjoy these. Uh, oh, it felt like there was an earthquake here at the Yahoo Center just now. Uh, enjoy your first week of Major League Baseball. We know Adam will be. Uh, Dodgers opening day is not until next week at the stadium. Maybe uh, maybe I'll arrange to uh, take out Amaya. How yeah. cool would that be? 
I've been to many. Have you? Uh, yeah, way back when, when I cared about baseball. But this, I, I haven't been probably since 2007 to an opening day. Nevertheless, uh, please, please be sure to subscribe on iTunes. Because why don't you want to hear Chris and Adam just beat the hell out of each other every week? Uh, or TrojanSports.com. We're always there. Audio Boom Podcast Arena. And uh, we will talk to you next week. We'll see how the fight went for Chris. We'll see how many receipts he's got for Halo Hogs and so much more. It's the TrojanSports.com podcast. Hey, everybody. We're all going to get late. That's where you say something funny, Adam. Oh, you cut it out last week. Yeah, I know I did, but go ahead and say something. Don't cut it out. That's it. It's a final. Good night, everyone. I'm hurt back. Yeah. He's worth Cut it. You heard it. You see? You see? He's not a machine. He's a man. One more than he does. No pain. 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 Okay, take it to him. Take it to him. Take it to him.